Good evening to all the undead who are just now tuning in. We send you greetings from the catacombs and crypts of Targovist, capital and crown jewel of Dracula's dear Wallachia. We hope to find you in good spirits. Tonight, we continue with the subject of the dreaded vampire, princely undead and scourge of the night. So get comfortable in your coffins, grab a nice tall glass of riboflavin-flavored, non-carbonated, monounsaturated blood, and kindly permit us to fly in through that open window we see and join you in your country manner to share the choicest vampire tales the internet has to offer. Without further ado, Daniel, let's sink our fangs into these vampiric tales of fright. I'm so sorry. I just want to say how that was really clever. That whole little flea that you just did right there. It was pretty good. It made me smile. I'm not going to lie. Thank you. Thank you. Love a lot it. of things I do make this guy smile. I know how for real, which is a good thing. You know, I don't smile a lot. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, I know how. Yeah, but going back to this whole um, this whole podcast that we're gonna be doing is gonna be a little different. I'm gonna be telling Noah like twelve really really short stories. I'm gonna be talking about them. All right. So yeah. So if you guys recall uh, the Skinwalker series we did, where we provided a little bit of context in the first few in the first episode, and yes. then we followed up with uh, some stories. Um, we liked how that went, so we're gonna try to do it again. But you know, we're having fun with this. Bear with us. We're gonna bring you some creepy tales um and again vampires have become this pop culture phenomenon really in the united states and in the west in general so you know vampires are omnipresent throughout cultures there's different versions um we might talk about that in the future but for now you're gonna kind of just go with people's accounts of vampires that we associate with the old world but you know you could see one anywhere you could see one walking down the street at midnight, you know, as I you're doubt that skedaddling home. I doubt that it's probably gonna happen to you, Daniel. I doubt that it's probably gonna happen to this guy. But um, let's hear, let's hear some of these tales. Now I feel like I feel like vampires are attracted more to like mountains. You know what I mean? Because uh, Dracula's castle, where was it on? They would send a mountain in uh, Romania. It was on a mountain, right? We have mountains here. We have the Hollywood Hills. But I'm not on a hill though. But you're not. Oh. <laughs> For for we're we're gonna narrow down where Daniel lives. You guys know you guys know he lives in Glassell Park. He actually lives right next door to a cemetery. No, I don't. So if it's one of those, so is one of the he doesn't. But if he did, wink wink, um, if one of those vengeful vampires that have been you know interred in the wrong fashion, you know, gets angry and can't find a family member, just knock on Daniel's door and you know. I'm gonna sacrifice my dog like that this is it's the cutest <laughs> her ears perked up as he said that yeah she's like what what no okay but going back to the whole thing so these uh these are gonna be 12 spookiest vampire legends from around the world okay oh so we're doing legends yeah they're legends that's uh, why I, I wasn't able to say it. you kind of cut me off all right you know? so next time let's work on our communication skills <laughs> daniel because if uh if i had to choose someone to sacrifice the vampire right now uh you'd be on top of that list not your precious dog i know i would i wouldn't i think i would rather have it take me than my precious dog. Let, let's well. use your listening ears next time daniel and our big boy voices <laughs> okay come on let's get to it no it's not just stop distracting me so, um, you know, these vampire myths have been haunting, you could probably say, people from like for centuries, right? Because you said that vampires dated back like how long? Um, at least as far back as, as the ancient Babylonians, I believe. The ancient Hebrews had tales of them too. Lilith, like uh, stealing the essence from babies. They, they've been around as long as people have been around, I feel. Okay, then you see, and that's crazy to think about as well. So um, we're going to be talking about, you know, the legend of the blood countess. Have you heard of that legend before? 
Mm, I have not. No. So this this really short little story is pretty much talking about how the Countess Elizabeth Bathor, who lived from fifteen fifteen sixties to sixteen fourteens in Hungary, was accused of vampire behavior as in biting the flesh of victims and bathing in their blood as a beauty treatment. And that's where it ends. So that's just like something to think about. So, oh, wait, where were, she was Hungarian? Yeah, Hungarian, yes. I mm, So she would bathe in the blood to do what? To become younger? Yeah, so, so f- to her, it was like a beauty treatment. I, I believe I might have, have heard about this before. So I think she would like promise these young girls like the promise of like uh, domestic work, like as maids or cooks or whatever the fuck in her castle. Oh, shit. And then once she brought them up, um she and her people would kind of just slice and dice and she would bathe in their blood because she thought that that would like you know extend her life and make her young forever yo that's crazy to think about you know that even just like for that like someone just being able to like trick someone and be like hey come work with me and then they just have like an evil you know intent it's kind of like fuck you just really don't know until like it's too late i feel like yeah don't trust straight the thing is if i was being led up to like a spooky castle they were like, oh, you want to be a gardener here? I'd be like, nah, doc, I, I'm, I'll pass on the spooky manor house in the middle of Romania. Yes, exactly. Oh, my God. Alrighty. Um, Now, there's a... So, don't forget, guys, these are all legends. So, technically, if some of them do interest you, because we're not going to go, like, too in-depth in them. But since they are legends, you guys could look them up if you guys are more interested in it. Okay? Just to let everyone... Just to let the listeners know. So, this next legend is called The Legend of the Ka. Egyptians also had their share of vampires lore and bloodsuckers. The Egyptians goddess Sekhmet was known for her taste for blood. And according to the Egyptians book of the dead, if a certain part of the soul called the Ka didn't receive adequate offerings, it left the tomb to drink blood. So going back to your, you know, your whole spirit and like the spirit, like drinking like blood and all that, it goes back to even fucking Egyptian, dude. I think that's kind of crazy to think about, but anyway, um, I don't really know much about the Book of the Dead, but I know how, like, you know, that's not a good book to talk about. <laughs> is it not? Yeah, it's not a good book to talk about. But just even the fact that, like, you know, it is in the Book of the Dead kind of seems like it's more, I guess you could say, real in a sense. And then, yeah. And then the thing is, when we deal with things that ancient, of course, because we're so distant from it, I feel like it, it as weird as it sounds, it lends it authority because, like, obviously we weren't there and we don't know what strange things went on in the olden days so whenever like these ancient like primeval spirits kind of show up um um <laughs> i don't know i i lent i tend to give them a little more authority because who knows what happened back then yeah for real the life back then probably was like way harder i mean of course it was way harder than what it is now but even talking about just like you know to say curses and all that i just would not want to fuck with that just even like the whole mummies i know that's kind of digressing from vampires but even like the same mummies and like you know how they were talking about the book of the dead like i don't know that just seems bad juju i mean we we've said skinwalker live on this show several times so i think whatever bad luck we're gonna attract we've we've attracted by now so so this spirit that had to be placated with blood um and if it wasn't it, it would kind of go out in search of it so it was kind of like fed these these things in like a ritual sense or 
or how how is it provided with these just because i i know that um like in kind of aztec lore a lot of the gods like uh um like the sun itself donatiu and huitzilopochtli um had to be offered blood and there's varying interpretations but more than anything a lot of times it was ritualistic so it wasn't i i know we've all kind of come up with this idea of like human sacrifice being widespread and there being like wars just for um sacrifices in human blood but there's competing interpretations where it's it has um religious connotations and cultural connotations that don't actually support that where it was you know this thing where in order to quote-unquote feed the gods which weren't necessarily deities as we understand them or concepts people would um offer like blood sacrifices but like by cutting like uh the flesh of their thigh or like (laughs) as funny as it sounds to us like the the flesh behind the scrotum and it was this ritualistic offering of blood because the ancient peoples recognized it as like this life-giving liquid oh my god i didn't know that but it is kind of funny how you said like the whole scrotum i feel like you of course there was no way they would have known that like you know where the blood is coming from you know (laughs) that's why it's like this tastes like scrotum blood like i don't like it if anything it's it's more virile blood it's it's yeah shock full of testosterone so so going back to the short legends, um, this legend is actually pretty interesting, and I don't know if I would probably want to do a, like another episode of story about this, but this legend is called the legend of the Changxi. In China, vampires had long hooked claws and red eyes. In Chinese vampires legends, they were known as Changxis, which translates to corpse hopper. So like that's pretty much it, and I think that's really interesting because like. Of course, like, for the vampires that, like, we've talked about, it's been more like, you know, like, you are a vampire, like, you do something to become a vampire. But in this uh, Chinese legend, you know, they're called Chang-Chi's, and apparently, you know, it translates to Corpse Hopper, and it just kind of, like, makes me uh, think a bit about how, like, Corpse Hopper, as in, like, you know, of course, their corpses are they're further dead. So then, are these vampires either, like, taking over their bodies, and once, like, that body's kind of already, like, like they're done possessing or using it they just shift to another one or like let's say that they're already like jumping into like a live person and therefore they die because they take all their essence and then they become a corpse and then you're just like hey you know what i think it's time for me to go jump you know onto another corpse so i think it's really like interesting to think about yeah if, if anything I, i'd assume it was it was the latter where you kind of like use a person up and then move on to the to the next you know kind of like a lot of daniel's exes but um <laughs> i don't but have a lot of only have one like that yeah and it's me guys like that but, <laughs> but um yeah so a, a corpse hopper so it kind of leaves a trail of corpses in its wake yeah and then even the description they said about like you know um hook claws and red, like red eyes you know usually from like vampires no one really talks about like either claws or like eyes which i think is pretty like interesting as well you know because, like, even, like, let's say for, um, like, the son of the dragon, of course, people say he was, like, you know, a vampire because he would feast on people's bloods and, like, dip his bread on fucking, you know, blood as well. But no one really talked about, like, his appearance. Also, because probably they never really had a chance to talk about his appearance. But, like, you know, I think it's just a little bit different because in this sense, people have seen these so-called, you know, vampires. Right, so these are like less anthropomorphized versions, whereas we think of the vampires like it looks completely like a human being, and it's just 
its actions and its um maybe powers that make it this creature like in this case the what was it called again my mind oh the the shangxi the shangxi in in that case it's like a creature apart yeah. that if you looked at it there's no confusing it with a human being it's this like monster that just wants blood and you know it's like a it's a predator yeah just built to fucking hunt people that's true because even like when it says like corpse hopper and i know we're kind of sticking more on this one because i'm telling you it does sound interesting but like when, when i think about corpse hopper too it's like you know how like there's some animals or like i guess you could say insects that kind of like like leech on things which you could say a vampire is practically a leech at that point am i right since it needs like blood and like you know it needs some people to like live so like when i'm thinking about like the corpse hopper i'm thinking about like whether or not it's a vampire or like some sort of creature it's like let's say that if you're like you know your grave uh, what are those people called when they just like dig up graves grave robber yeah grave robber you say you're just you know one day being like hey you know what i'm gonna try to rob this grave you just dig it up and like you just open the fucking coffin and like you just see something on like you know that dead body's like neck yeah and like you know i'm just like bro like what the fuck you know that's what i was thinking i don't know but i'm probably just my mind is just probably like going everywhere no that that's interesting that you brought it up uh the whole uh opening opening up of graves and grave robbing because um a lot of the evidence we have um for vampirism as like a myth or like as as a folk belief is that they've found graves with people having bricks in their mouths um because that was a common practice back in the middle ages because they didn't want these people if they did turn to vampires to be able to you know bite and fucking feast on the people that they had wronged and even corpses you know how corpses like flesh recedes yeah so people back then again armed with superstition as opposed to reason they would open up a coffin they would look at a corpse and they would see fangs what were those fangs there was nothing it was really just our canines that because the gums receded now they looked like these sharp things and this person didn't look human anymore it looked like you know a creature built to suck on blood and feast on people dang because you um well that's actually really interesting but i do love how you said that like sometimes we don't like like to believe in reason or anything like that so it just kind of like makes like the legends or like it just makes people more scared you know what i mean because at the end of the day people fear the unknown right yeah like if if you don't know why this plague is in your village or you don't know uh why this person who was seemingly normal a day before is acting rabid then you're gonna you know just assign whatever the simplest explanation that you can to it based on what you know and if you don't know much then your only recourse really is like you know superstition and you know maybe beliefs that that aren't conducive to to finding the truth of things or the objective truth of things at least yeah that's true um this next legend actually is probably going back to uh from a previous episode which you talked about the whole spirit and not being like buried properly so this legend is called the legend of the ikumu and i'm sorry if i you know am you know not pronouncing these words right it's just that some of these words are fucking hard <laughs> in summer in babylonia myth dating from 4000 bc describing a ikumu the spirit that isn't buried properly that returns to suck life from the living so you know kind of going back to you know the first episode and you saying that like you know some spirits end up coming back being like hey the fuck you didn't give me a good you know proper yeah burial so i'm just like you know what the hell so i'm coming back to like give you a little piece of my mind pretty much and i just think that like you know not that i was thinking that you were bullshitting in the first episode but just but you did 
No, oh, you did. No. You were like, this guy didn't know he was just pulling it out of fucking but, but his ass. But just the fact, we're broke because, like, you didn't even say how far, like, that dated, you know what I mean? This one says fucking 4000 BC. That's what, before motherfucking Christ, bro. Yeah, dude. So that's Fuck. a long time, dude. That That's a really long time. But, oh, but before Christ, um, have any of our listeners seen um uh, Midnight Mass? No, which just, is that Just one? to go on a quick digression. All right, well... I'm not gonna spoil. I'm not gonna spoil the premise. Um, let's just say think think of the of the Catholic ritual in which we imbibe, you know, the blood of Christ, and in which we eat of His flesh. You know, sounds like a vampire thing to me. Oh but, uh, shoot! But uh, going on with your story. Sorry, sorry for that quick uh, tangent. No, no, you're you're fine. You're fine. Just in case the people didn't know, you know. So this next one is called The Legend of the Rising Dead. Throughout the Northwest Europe, stones called dolums or dolmens were placed on graves. Some historians believe that they were there to prevent the dead from rising or evil spirits from escaping. And I think that's kind of, you know, and just this also goes back to your evil spirits too. But I, I find it some more interesting than the one previously only because it said the dead rising. Especially when we're talking about like vampires and how we talked about evil spirits and how like you know at time it would take uh, it would take them a little bit for them to you know become a said like you know human or take the embodiment of a human, but now this one's just like hey we're putting this stone to prevent like the dead from rising. I feel like at that point it wouldn't really be a vampire for it to be you know of course the undead. Am I right? Right, like like a zombie, which which there's a lot of crossover there. Um, as far as like you know again we have these two competing versions of you make a pact with the devil and boom you're a vampire or you're the undead um whether uh, just a spirit that later takes on a corporeal form or you know the corpse itself that you know rises and starts feeding on people but yeah these these burial practices are just are are you know show and demonstrate this fear of the unknown and I'm sure that like premature burials played a part with this whole, you know, notion of the vampire. Because back in the day, when the medical profession was and medicine itself was in its infancy, like we didn't have very accurate ways of telling if someone was dead. So if you bury a motherfucker who maybe you couldn't find his pulse, but he was still alive, and then he comes back, then again, superstitious middle-aged people are gonna be like, that person came back from the dead, just because you don't know yeah. any better. You know, kind of digressing, but, um, you know, what you're saying is true about them burying people, like, you know, them thinking they're dead. And I don't know if I told you about this, too, but I remember I read a story that they were saying that back then they used to connect the bell from, like, the outside where the grave is at to the inside where if people were alive, they were able to, like, ring the bell. And then, of course, whoever was working there would be like, oh, shit, like, we buried, you know, like, a live person pretty much. But, like, there were stories going on where, like, you know, like, they would know those people would be dead. Like, I'm talking about dead not, as in, like, let's say, like, decapitator, like, shit like that. And sometimes the bell would still ring. Sounds like a terrible fucking job to have. Could you imagine being an undertaker uh, or a grave digger? Dude. Just hearing <laughs> bells go out throughout the night? Yeah, fuck that, yeah. For real. Of course, like, if it's windy, then that would be a little, that would be a little different. You know, but like, let's say if it's not windy and you just hear all those constant bells, like, I would be fucking terrified. So, what? You just carry like a mallet and a stake with you in addition to your shovel if you have the fucking graveyard Probably, graveyard shoot. Because don't forget to defeat a vampire, stick to the heart, and decapitating their head. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Okay, um, so you know, of course, everyone knows about the plague, am I right? Yes, we're all we're all well well aware of the plague. Okay, so like, of course, if I told you how did the plague start, what would you tell me? You really want to get into this? You want to get just, into this with just, a fucking just, just a quick, just a quick thing. Like, what started the plague? The truth is, modern scholars don't actually know what started the plague or even what disease the plague was. Oh, you for, know what? You are right. For all we know, it could have been typhus. It could have been Yersinia pestis. Wait, 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 wait. You know what? You are correct. Let me rephrase it because I think I'm doing this wrong. Sorry. What spreaded the plague? Ah, uh, okay, yes. So in this case, it was fleas. Fleas on the backs of uh, some rodent or on people themselves. Fleas uh, spread the plague, so far as we know. Okay, yes. So this next legend is called The Legend of the Vampires of the Plague. And this is a little bit interesting because in this legend, it's saying that during the 16th, 16th century, it was believed that the vampires fed off the bodies of the plague victims. And then because they you know fed it on them, that the female vampire spread the plague, thus suspected when the when they were you know buried. Kind of going back to what you said about the rock in the mouth, that you know that these uh, vampires were even buried with rocks or bricks wedged in their mouths because they believed that since they were the ones that spread the plague. So okay, so these vampires fed fed specifically on plague victims. Mm-hmm. Why did does it go into detail and why? specifically it was uh it was women that did that no it didn't actually which I, which is kind of funny to I, me i think it just goes back to like the church's predisposition to blame everything on women oh, especially dude, yeah. especially quote-unquote uppity women or the church doesn't have a great track record as far as fucking you know the the, the rights of, of of women go so even going back to witchcraft like dog be, being a dude in the 1500s was like crop failure it was your fucking wife like your dick won't get up oh it's your fucking wife is a witch fucking <laughs> it, okay. it, it was yes, easier to we, cope back then women had it way harder women honestly. had it a lot harder yeah. so just be thankful that now you're not accused of witchcraft and vampirism and you're not buried with a stone slab in your mouth yeah that's for very spreading true the plague. like i did say depending on like you know if we do want to you know further look up these stories that we will probably make another episode you know like i said it's a it's a maybe but if any listeners do find these stories interesting these are legends that you could look up for more research including for ourselves you know so i mean that's already two that we probably would want to look into spin-off episodes probably in the works yeah exactly okay uh this next legend is called the legend of the vampire coffin so sometimes grave robbers would open coffins and the corpse would move up or just like sit up and this is a natural reaction that could be caused by decom- decomposing. This may have led to the legends of vampires sleeping in coffins. Okay, so again, more more of these plausible, rational explanations for why this kind of legend took hold. So, alright. So the corpses, as they would break down, like if they open the coffin, the, the thing would like stand up. Well, not stand up, but sit up. Yeah, pretty much. Either move or sit up. All right, so probably reminiscent of like, I'm sure we've all heard of um, how corpses like twitch and shit long after death just because the electrical impulses inside everyone are still firing. And even though the person is, for all intents and purposes, dead, there's still like, you know, rigor mortis sets in, like people get stiff after death and all these involuntary like bodily reactions that they couldn't explain back then, but we know what it is now. 
Yeah, of course. Which I think is kind of interesting too. Going to like kind of medicine because this next this next legend is called. I don't even know why it's called a legend if it has to do with medicine, but it's called the legend of the vampire in medicine. So, in certain medical alignments, can mimic symptoms of vampirism, kind of like what you were telling me before. So, you know, of course, like which helps strengthen vampire's legend. For example, um, I do not know how to pronounce this word, but apparently, it's a sexual thirst for blood. A sexual thirst for blood. Yeah, sexual thirst. I don't know if you want to come look at this hand, real quick. Hand, hand it on over. Hand it yeah, over. it's this one right here. If you want to read it. Okay, porphyria. Oh, okay, porphyria. Oh no. He oh no I no no <laughs> this is the this is the English major right here people hematodipsia <laughs> yeah, okay so... hematodipsia the sexual thirst for blood and oh okay and hemolopia is day blindness yeah so pre- pretty much you know from from this they're seeing that since these are like medical and I don't know if they can be treated or not but since these are like you know medicines or something that are medical that they believe that. You know, vampires weren't actually vampires. They were just people who were practically sick or like practically, you know, addicted to something. You know what I mean? The so, like, the thing is that um, hum- humor, hema, hema, help me out. Uh, he, he the sexual, <laughs> the hematop. T- we're rusty. We're rusty in our Latin. Hema, uh, hema disabisa. Grant Greek, hema. I don't know. We don't. We're fucking morons. But anyway. Um, going back to that sexual thirst for blood, there's a lot of sl- Slavic traditions where the female vampire is more prominent. And in addition to, you know, sucking blood, uh, what the female vampire would do is that they would return to their households, to their husbands, as though nothing were wrong. And that they would eventually kill the husband um, through their, like, incessant sexual appetite that it was just so great that the dude's life force would literally be sucked out of him through repeated in- intercourse and it would end up killing the man dear god so it's interesting how there's this interplay between you know sexuality in the fucking might as well have been the dark ages where you know people were very uptight about things and you know eso no es de dios they would have said that, that that ain't godly so you For know real. it's the devil's work well there you go so that's one of them and there was another one called um is the day blindness which is the hemolopia hem- I have no idea, bro. And then the other one is uh, caused the sensitive lighting and teeth that are, you know, stained. So kind of like reddish brown. So pretty much people are saying that, like, you know, um, for like vampires that like, you know, they can't be vampires because of like some of this stuff, which, of course, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Any thoughts on that? Uh, Yeah. So the the day blindness, the the light sensitivity definitely goes to explain why they would think like oh they they can't stay in the sun or oh they need to be in their caskets to be to be protected again like like you always mention it's a it's a recurring theme in this podcast that people are desperate to explain things and so when there is no explanation rather than leaving it at that they assign it to whatever crazy fucking thing they could come up with so in this case this person that probably urgently needed medical attention they're like, oh, he's a vampire, and they stake this fucker through the heart and put him, you know, six feet under. <laughs> yeah, that's true, huh? Holy shit, that's funny, dude. Oh, my God. Well, you know, I know these um were, like, very short stories, and I really hope you guys did enjoy them, but it does seem like we're all running out of time. 
So, you know, uh, like I said, maybe for the next episode, we could probably do another one. But, you know, like I said, it's a maybe, guys. And, um, yeah, definitely, just, just before we sign out, uh, The Plague Vampires was definitely interesting. Um, just because, you know, fleas, you know, fleas suck blood and fleas spread this disease. So maybe even the flea was kind of an origin of, like, how this came about. Just like the vampire bat. Like, things that we observe in nature that actually happen, we kind of you know we integrate them into our own folklore like that's all that's all this is us like observing nature and then mirroring it in the in the stories that we tell so i i think definitely the plague just because death was so abundant is something that we're gonna want to revisit maybe yeah that's what i'm saying there's something here that i would probably want to revisit too but that being said i'm gonna be passing it to Noah again you know i'm gonna be passing him so he could tell you guys a few more details all right, so um, don't want to spring anything else on my good uh, co-host and friend here, but we do actually have our next interview lined up, so we're going to put uh, our homeboy on the spot uh, just so that he doesn't chicken out. Um, so Victor Hernandez, uh, calling you out right now, uh, 4018's uh, very own cart lead um, and my supervisor, Um it's going to be on the show soon for Halloween Spooktacular. Um, and yeah, that's in the work, guys. But besides that brief announcement, um, my usual spiel, uh, you guys have stories about vampires or other creepy shit. Um, if you are a horror writer, we'd love to hear some spooky tales. Or if you've experienced something um, or someone you know has experienced something, we love those true you know, spooky tales as well. So send them on over to streetlights are on at yahoo.com spelled just like it sounds the streetlights are on at yahoo.com no spaces um with that don't let any vampire bats fly in through your window um but do let me climb in through there um that the streetlights are on and have a good one